I jumped around so much that one job sometimes didn't look anything like the next job. That's why looking back at my resume, it's like a dot to dot picture where you just go back and forth between all the little dots and it's kind of a mess at first. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Hey, welcome to the Happen to Your Career podcast. I am really excited. I know I always say I'm excited to be here, but I am especially ecstatic uh, and probably even enamored today because of our guest. And she's somebody who has walked the walk in addition to talking the talk in a variety of different ways with her career. And she has done a variety of hard things, especially over recent years. And I'm so excited to bring her on to be able to share her story and how she's made some pretty massive career changes and what that even means to her. Because I think that you're going to be able to take a lot away from it for yourself. So I want to welcome to the Happen to Your Career podcast, Allison Kerbo. How are you? Great, Scott. I'm glad you're doing good too. I, I am doing great. And I, I, you know, I meant when I said I'm really excited about this because to give people a little bit of backstory here, um, you and I got the opportunity to meet about one year ago. Is that right? Yeah. Or roughly, a, roughly a year ago. Yeah. Uh, about a year and three months. Yeah. That seems crazy to me. And the reason why it seems crazy is because I've seen you, I've gotten a front row seat in a lot of different ways to see just how much you and your life has changed over the last year. And I think that that is so cool. So we're going to talk about that and specifically what you've done and what that road looked like for you. Can you share with people what you do now? Well, I just started jumping into the entrepreneur career coaching field and it is nothing like I started out. I'm going to paint for you the roadmap of where I came, but it's been really exciting to see where I've come from my first conversation with you a year ago. Yeah. I want to talk about all that. I also, I am really curious because I don't even know the full story. And I think it is important here to acknowledge like where your career started out too. Do you mind if we jump back for uh, probably more than a few years here? Actually, where did your career start out professionally? What did that look like for you? Oh, so... I started out in an office manager position and just in college, side job, you know, like eight hours a week. And I decided that I wanted a hands-on technical trade. And so I went into oil and gas operations on the North Slope of Alaska. So yeah. got my degree in process technology to go on and be a high pressure pump operator on the North Slope of Alaska. So what, what does that even mean? I think I might know what that means, but if people have never heard of a high-pressure pump operator, and what, what does that even mean? It's uh, working with drilling fluid. Yeah. So they push the drilling fluid in the ground, it comes back up, and then the 
appropriate materials you can pump back into the ground, we pump back into the ground. So super technical, not being an entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Not even remotely close necessarily. I'm curious what caused you to think, hey, you know, I'm in this office manager role. I want to do something more technical. What transpired where you had that set of thoughts for that original decision? My thoughts were that I liked hands-on work out in the field and doing things. And I was also trying to combine like big picture operations to where you have all these really big situations going on at one time. And if you mess up on procedure communications, you got a really big problem. So that was actually kind of exciting. And so I went that route. Very cool. So then what happened from there? You're now in this uh, technical role that you decided you wanted to move into. And clearly you didn't stay there forever. So what, what happened at that point? What transpired? Right. Well, turns out I wanted to do more local work. So North Slope is really, really cold. And it was a rotational schedule, two weeks on, two weeks off. And I shifted in the same company to their office, to their front desk. And then I got picked up by procurement and I worked to get this centralized buying program started for them, which those two things was another really big jump. And that's why looking back at my resume, it's like a dot to dot picture where you just go back and forth between all the little dots and it's kind of a mess at first. What I struggled with for a long time was I had so many different skills and interests and I jumped around so much that one job sometimes didn't look anything like the next job. And that was me grasping at straws to try to fit all these aspects of my life into one, but I didn't know that was possible. So I just jumped from job to job. It's easy to you know, sit here and see how some of those things work out after the fact. But I'm curious, you know, when you were there, when you were in the moment, you know, what, did that, what did that feel like for you as you're going, hey, look, I, <laughs> I know that I want to be doing something different than this, but, uh, but I need to you know, make the move. What was, that, what was that feeling like back then? I felt like a flip-flopper. It actually didn't feel very good because... When I would want to move on to the next thing, I felt like I had to subdue or discredit the parts of myself that were in the other position. Interesting. Yeah. And so it was actually really, really hard. For example, when I was in the field and I wanted to move into some kind of procurement or office space, it was almost like I had to subdue that part to say, that was my past. Moving on, this is what I want to do. Because I didn't know it was possible to pull connections together to really fit together a dream job that has every aspect. So it was really, really hard feeling like I couldn't get it right. Or maybe I just change interest too much. Maybe I don't have a dream job just because everything looked so opposite at the time. Was it what took place to cause you to start to look at it differently then? Because I know now I've had multiple conversations with you about this exact thing. And I know now the way that you look at it is far, far different from that in terms of you're not beating yourself up anymore for having different interests and 
at least uh, your lens has shifted quite a bit. So I'm really curious, you know, what started to take place and what were the set of events that caused you to begin to look at this differently? To be honest, it started with another five years of trying to decide back and forth which thing I wanted because I felt like I had to choose either or. And they were opposite. So my work history is a big finger painting from a preschooler. (laughs) Once I found your podcast and really wanted to dig into, I have to find my fit. I am tired at not liking what I do. And I'm tired of not being fantastic at it. And I'm tired of not incorporating all of me. And then you have that episode, that multi-potentialite episode with Emily Wapnick. And I literally just cried because it takes a lot to subdue what you think has no value. And so then learning that there's multi-potentialite people like me, first of all, there's a word for it and other people exist, but it's a thing to be able to incorporate all aspects of your life and interests into a career. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back to happentoyourcareer.com slash 103. And you can listen to my friend, Emily. She has popularized that word multipotentialite, which another way to think about that is somebody who has many talents and many interests, as opposed to somebody who is a specialist and really has just one interest and you know, one very much narrow focus. So for context, if you are not familiar with that word, definitely check that out. We've had a lot of great feedback about that episode. And I'm so glad that that was so helpful to you too. You know, as you started to think about that, like, hey, it's okay to have many interests. It's okay to, and even better, you can work with this rather than against it. What were some of the realizations that you had or what took place from there? Once I got over to the fact that it wasn't a bad thing to have a resume that was like a finger painting. It's okay. And she teaches that there's different ways for multi-potentialites to handle it. One way is having a job and then having hobbies on the side or a side hustle. But I really wanted the challenge of trying to see if I could fit it all into one career, which took a while and I did it. Emily that we were talking about calls this the group hug method, which (laughs) I love is just kind of fun to say in the first place. But I, I think that even though that's not right for everybody, I think something that I have learned about you is that has been really important to you from almost the beginning as I started to get to know you. And I think that that's something you after. So, and you have done it. So, One, congratulations, because most people in the world will not do the work to be able to make that happen or don't even know it's possible in a lot of different ways. So I think that's amazing that you've done that. And I really want to talk about how that happened and some of both of the great pieces about it, as well as some of the harder pieces too. Well, that's where a lot of mindset works had to happen because... I came from a world of specialists where I was a generalist and I always tried to fit myself in that specialist box to find that career that I'm great at, that pays well, that I'll stay with for 30 years. Looking at my background, that wasn't happening. Either a combination of I would get bored and want to move on or 
I would just change my mind or get tired of subduing other parts. And I'm really driven by curiosity. And so I would find another aspect of me that I was curious about and follow that thing. So that turned into what's wrong with me and nothing in my world indicated how to figure that out. At one point, I was laid off from my procurement position. And so I went and I took some local classes on resumes and jobs, which have really good intentions. But for people like me, who are multi-passionate or really don't know what they want is a really bad recipe. So in what way? I, I agree with that. But for people who might not be familiar with that aspect, what do you mean when you say that? Yeah. So there's a lot of assessments online. And I went and took the assessment and it marked me as conventional. So if you're conventional, you're either going to be a chef or a plumber. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay, well. How come you're not chefing or plumbing right now? (laughs) Because I haven't found a way to combine them, obviously. (laughs) And then you follow that. And then there's a list of the salaries and job outlook and availability and my answer was still, I don't really know. And so they said, okay, we'll go online to the job boards and look at positions that are out there and see which one you want to do. And I'm like, okay, I'll try that for five minutes. And it was a mess because as a high performer, there's a lot that I can do. And I'm easily challenged by something. And so I would see a job that's like, okay, that might be fun. And that could have my interest. And then I do it and then I lose more time or I just get really overwhelmed because I see no pattern and pretty soon I'm down the rabbit hole of, I don't even like what I'm doing Mm -hmm. because I get surrounded by these shoulds of the type of job I should have. And then I'm just, I like the phrase, just shooting all over the place, this pile of shoulds. Yeah. And I think that's something that's a really common human experience in a lot of different ways. And I'm curious, what were some of those shoulds for you? I heard you say the type of job that I should have. What were some of those that you saw pop up from time to time for yourself? I should be a specialist. Hmm. I should pick something to follow forever. And it should be something that I can retire with that affords the life I want, which are all really, really important and really good advice, but it was wrong for me because I had such a passion to find my fit. And at that point, I followed these shoulds for two more years, which looking back seems like a lot of time to really not like your work since I so desperately wanted to like my work. I remember even back in middle school being upset that I haven't found what I'm good at. And so for some reason, there was just a part of me that really wanted to fit, which I know every kid wants to fit in, but I had a drive to be so fantastic at what I do that it drove me crazy to not find something I was fantastic at or recognized for. You know, that's, that's really interesting because I do think you're right. I think every kid experiences that in different ways. And I know you've got a little boy too. So 
you're probably seeing this all over again and everything here too. But it's such an irony or a juxtaposition because what I heard you just say is that I want to be recognized for the things that I'm good at and I want to fit in. And those often don't go together. So I believe personally that that's one of the big reasons why it feels so challenging because those a lot of times are at odds. And if you're looking at just those two options, a lot of times most people never find that in one way or another. And until you start introducing additional options, well, what if you can fit in where you are great at something? Or what if you can fit in with the other type of people that you want to surround yourself around? And it's like taking those two options, which are somewhat impossible, and then tweaking them. And I think you've done a really, really good job of introducing other options into your life. So what are some of those things that you found along the way? You know, as you're going through this exploration, you're beginning to identify uh, all of these different areas that you want to bring together into a cohesive career. What were some of the most important pieces for you as you were working through this and having realizations along the way that you learned that, hey, in my next role, next opportunity, whatever the next stage looks like, I need to start having more of this or these things. What were some of those for you? Once I got past that roadblock of there's nothing wrong with me because of this background that's jumping around. I'm not flaky. One thing I had to overcome was in your podcast, you speak to high performers. And because I wanted to be so flat out fantastic at what I do, I wanted to be a high performer so bad. But what I thought was a high performer, I didn't fit into. Mm. So what I thought a high performer looked like was somebody that's been in the same linear path, who's worked up in a company, who has the salary they want and has a respectable title they're proud of. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's what a high performer means. And you've had other guests where they've worked up the ladder and all of a sudden they realize that they're unhappy with it or that they want something different or it doesn't fit your life. But I was even desperate to feel that much of a high performer. And so it took some work to even identify as that because I didn't feel like I looked like someone who was a normal high achiever in a sense that my background and resume did not look impressive for what I knew I was capable of. You know, it's so interesting. And this is something a lot of people don't see behind the scenes. And I worry sometimes that we misrepresent some of these things that go on behind the scenes on the podcast. And one of the things that we have happen over and over and over again is we get to meet, like, I feel so fortunate that we've you know, created this business where we get to meet all kinds of talented people like you and people from all over the world for all intents and purposes. So we get, we get to meet tons of you know, high performers, high achievers and everything along those lines and just really, really cool, unique, fun, talented people from all over the place. And I am internally grateful for that. Also, one of the things that people don't see in all the calls we have and you know, meeting of all these people is that you know, we get people that have a like you called it a finger painting type background, like the scattered background of lots of different resume or lots of different pieces on the resume and stuff like that don't, uh, don't go together. 
And they're like, I don't know if I fit into the traditional method of high performer. And then we also, on the other side, you know, we'll talk to a person an hour later where you know, maybe they worked at, I don't know, NASA or Facebook or just think of a big company and insert the name here or something that's really well known. And they've run up this trajectory and you know, have had those promotions. And they're dealing with the exact same thing. They're like, I don't know if I fit the method of a traditional high performer or even maybe the opposite way where they're like, hey, I've done this thing, but this isn't actually what I want. And now I'm here and I realized I did it for some of the wrong reasons or it was good before, but it's no longer good now and not what I want in my life. Or an hour later, we'll have another conversation with somebody else who doesn't fit into either of those categories and is completely different. So uh, what is fascinating to me that everyone experiences variations of this. Absolutely, everyone experiences variations of what you're talking about, that feeling like they're not fitting in with one area or another. And the good news is that means you're human. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a bonus. But also, that I think that's one of the best examples of what Seth Godin calls the imposter syndrome. And he really popularized that phrase over the last 10 years or so. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, now that you've started to reconcile with that a bit, what advice would you have to other people that are feeling a bit of that in one way or another? I think that it's really, really common for people to feel, especially when people are stuck. And especially when they've been stuck for a length of time, because I got really down on myself when I was in my jobs that didn't fit because I wasn't measuring up to their metric of success. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was a bad employee or incapable or maybe not as fantastic as I thought I was. But then I really broke down that the reason for that is because I'm not a good fit for that. Because everybody has their own unique strengths that when they recognize and cultivate them are so strong that when you put them in the wrong spot, they're going to look like a fish out of water. And so they're going to tell themselves, I am a fish out of water and I'm incapable and they're not with their own view of success, then they seem not successful. And so that's where I got so held up is because I didn't feel like I was successful as a person because I wasn't measuring my workplace's success. And so I think that people that feel stuck fall into this trap of feeling not good enough. And then they get down on themselves when really it's just a matter of you're not using your strengths or your values don't match your workplace values. And so you feel undervalued and overlooked. And the remedy is really, really simple. Figure out who you are, figure out your strengths, and then get yourself in motion. I was trying to think and Google at the same time. Do you remember the quote that I think it gets attributed to Benjamin Franklin a lot of the time? And I don't know if it actually came from Benjamin Franklin, but it's still a good quote nonetheless, where it's everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you were saying fish out of water, so it made me think of it. <laughs> then you know, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Yeah, it's that thing. Because I didn't have a filter to really empower myself to know 
that I can have my own definition of success and to really say, these are my workplace values and this is how I want to be treated and viewed at the workplace. And I was so down on myself for not fitting in my job that I totally took the power out of my own hands and I was not in the driver's seat of my career. And it took a lot of realizing and mindset work and being open to let me become me that career change really started to happen. I want to say thank you, first of all, for spending the time and coming and sharing your story here and sharing some of the things that worked very, very well for you. And then also just congratulations again, because I don't know if I have told you that. And I, I just really want you to know um, that I'm thankful to have been any kind of part of it and getting to witness some of, of this and your growth as you've gone along. So great job. No, thanks, Scott. It's been really fun. And I just want our HTYC listeners to know that your fit is out there and your dream job exists, whether you just haven't heard of it or if you have to create it, but it's there. And when you find it, it's like, it's like realizing the person you knew back in middle school is your true love. And it was there all along and it existed and you just didn't know how to find it. Allison, where can, if people are interested in more of your story or want to connect with you, how can people do that? How can they get more Allison? My website is worklifealignment.org. And I'm Allison at worklifealignment.org because as I may have painted, I really believe in, in tying your life to your work. So that's where I'm at. Very cool. Thank you again for taking the time and making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. It's been fun. Hey, thanks for listening to the Happen to Your Career podcast. I'm Joshua Rivers, and I work with Scott here at HTYC. I'm usually behind the scenes. But today, I want to let you know that we've been privileged to work with thousands of people over the years, helping them to find career happiness. Many times, this involves making a career change of some sort. Many of these changes, like with Allison, make huge impacts on their lives. And we'd love to be able to help you figure out what fits you and what steps that you need to take. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, we'd love to chat with you on the phone. Go to happentoyourcareer.com slash schedule dash HTYC, and you can schedule a time to talk. Now, I mentioned that many people that we work with make huge changes that not only impacts their career, but it also impacts their entire life. Now, you've been able to hear some of that from Allison, but next week, Scott's going to talk with Allison again to delve in even deeper about this. For me, passion is what I can't stop doing, no matter how hard I try. The magic of your dream job is realizing what you can't stop doing anyways. Come back next week to listen to this conversation with Scott and Allison. Now, don't forget to go to happentoyourcareer.com slash schedule dash HTYC and schedule a conversation to see how you can get started with your own transformation. It's Scott says, I'm out.